Morning, church. It's great to be here this morning. My name is Robert Carrillo, and I am very blessed and privileged and honored to be with you here this morning in the Bronx with the Bronx and Harlem Ministries. Uh, what a great, great privilege. What a great honor. Uh, I was really excited and looking forward to this. I want to thank Maurice for inviting me to be here. And uh, I remember that class now that we taught years ago. We were both young and better looking back then, but it's all right. The Lord is good. He's gracious. Um, really, I'm super excited about being here. Uh, I want to I, I wanna start out this morning with a video that we showed at uh, the Hope Conference because it kind of sets up what Hope's all about and what our Bible study is going to be all about in, uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, this was the opening uh, of our conference.
know, the first thing I want to say to all of you is thank you. It is because of your faith. It is because of your love. It is because of your sacrifices year after year after year that so many wonderful things get to happen all around the world. Some of you have gone yourselves to volunteer in South America, in Africa, in Asia, in different parts of the city here, in New York, and around the country, and some of the disaster sites. And so many of you have sacrificed that couldn't go somewhere, but you gave generously. And you may never get to actually meet the people you helped. You may never get to hug the children that received help. But you bless their lives. And I want you to know how grateful they are for all that you've done for them and for all that you've given. And I know we can't, we're not really supposed to applaud for ourselves, but maybe you can applaud for the people next to you that have given so much and loved and served in so many great ways. You know, at Hope Worldwide, it's so exciting to see what is happening all around the world. This is our Google map where uh, you see all the sites where somebody's being served, where somebody's being loved, where somebody's being taken care of, where somebody is getting help that would be hopeless and be in a disaster without it. And the reason there's so many places we're helping people is because we have disciples in so many places. Because we have great volunteers, and the reason they're great volunteers is because they're disciples of Jesus, just like you. Go ahead. You know, we've, we've become quite famous for our disaster response and relief work out there because in so many situations, we are the first ones there. We are the first responders because we have disciples there, because we have churches there. So we have disciples, boots on the ground, serving and giving and loving and teaching and healing in places where others haven't even got to. And especially when there are disasters, uh, our gro- global team is... It's really amazing. It's absolutely amazing. You guys know that last year was a pretty busy year for us. Uh, we had a lot going on in this part of the world with all the hurricanes and earthquakes. Uh, just so many great stories. Don't even have time to tell you. But I, I do got to tell you, one of the stories that inspired me so much in Trinidad, you know, when the hurricane went through, and, it, and obviously Puerto Rico was devastated. So were some of the other islands nearby. One of the islands, uh, two of the sisters from Trinidad, literally, these are just great, awesome, regular sisters like any of us, went out and rented a boat and loaded it with supplies and went across the ocean to another island. I mean, you talk about bold and courageous love. They just went out there and did it. Um, you know, and, and uh, incredible the way that the church has responded in helping the church in Houston and, of course, the church in Mexico City. Uh, so many people all across the country and around the world responded. And, of course, the, the great work that's being done in Puerto Rico. You know, the church in San Juan was, was, uh, was devastated in so many different ways. The whole city was and the whole island was. And, uh, you know, I, I, I realized one thing when that happened. We have a lot of Puerto Ricans in the church. And they all called me. They all called me after this. 
And, and you know, I've got a special place for Puerto Rico. I love it there. I was, my wife and I were there for three years leading the church. Uh, and, and the work continues there of what's happening there. And of course, also keeping in mind the, the U.S. Virgin Islands and the British Virgin Islands, uh, being served in great ways. And of course, the work continues all over the world in Cambodia. In Africa, so many amazing things happening all over the world because of disciples. And then one of the things that I'm so excited about is the work that's being done with the youth. You know, we, we had a, we were invited to participate in a, uh, a, a global summit of youth movements and youth leaders in Geneva, Switzerland. So we sent a team of four college kids. That's them over there in the picture. And they went representing Hope Worldwide. And they did such a fantastic job in these meetings that by the end of the meetings, they were leading the groups. And, uh, and the United Nations coordinators told us, we said, they said, you have amazing students. Do you have any more of them? We said, oh yeah, we got a lot more we could send you. And we actually had another one in Stanford that we, uh, at Stanford University that we participated in. And just incredible things with the, the, the campus. Hope Clubs, I was just talking to one of the brothers here, he was telling me about the, the Hope Club you have here and how that's going. And then of course, one of the little mini movements within, you know, we consider Hope Worldwide a movement, a movement of compassion, of God's love. And within that movement, there are little mini movements going on. One of them was started actually right across the river by a group of preteens, and that's Hope Scouts. You guys have Hope Scouts here? Uh, they are spreading like wildfire. Uh, actually, these are probably old stats now. Uh, they were 65 troops in 10 countries and over a thousand kids now registered in the troops. This, they're, they're growing every month. So this stat's probably about six months old. So I'm probably behind. They're probably already around the whole world by now. But, uh, incredible things. And, uh, you know, I'm here this week actually because of United Nations meeting. They had a series of meetings working with NGOs, charity groups from around the world to figure out how do we solve the world's problems? How do we work together from around the world and have a global change? Make a difference in our world. And so we sat in a meeting and there were representatives from every continent of the world. It was translated into five languages. And, and, and why? Because our world is in trouble right now. Our world is hurting right now. Our world is angry right now. Our world is searching for answers. Searching for hope for everyone. Our world is going through massive changes like we have not seen in centuries. It's one of the big changes. I believe that in 50 years, kids will study about this time period like we studied about major changes in history, like the, the Renaissance period or, or how, how uh, inventions changed the world, like the printing press. They will study this time period as a time that the world radically changed. And we see it in the social upheaval, the economic upheaval, the political upheaval, the, the issues and the, and the, the thing being brought up with race issues and ethnic issues and, and how the world is changing so dramatically. And even the religious world is changing dramatically. 
every Sunday, 700 churches in the United States close their doors. Christianity is on a rapid decline in the United States. And other religions that do not believe in Jesus or believe in a false teaching of Jesus are rapidly on the rise. And the question out there is who's going to stand up and preach the true Jesus? Who's going to show the world who Jesus really is? The truth about Him and about God. At no other time do we see such a widespread and massive need for Jesus in our world. 7.5 billion people on our planet. And I think about, could you imagine, I mean, we can't imagine, but if we could try to imagine even for 10 seconds what it would be like to be God looking at our world. And think about all the prayers He hears. The prayers of people in war-torn nations. The prayers of the 60 million refugees around our planet. Half of which are children. 30 million children fleeing for their lives. The prayers of moms in hospitals. The prayers of parents for children in jail cells. The prayers of young men and women sitting in the back of police cars. The prayers of parents burying their children because they couldn't afford the medicine or because they got sick from drinking polluted water when there's plenty of water in this planet. The prayers of those who suffer racism and ethnic prejudice. The prayers of all these millions of people. Here's every day. In every language. And from every religion. It doesn't matter who they're praying. They think they're praying to one God, but it's only our God who hears us. And He hears them. And let me tell you a radical thought. He loves them as He loves us. Because God is love and He knows everybody on this planet. You remember this scripture? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. No matter where I go, and I go to a lot of places, I'm, I'm all over the world, I'm, I'm on this continent, that continent, this continent. Everywhere I go, this prayer is always everybody's favorite. I mean, I know, I didn't even have to put the scripture, I could have just said, for I know the... You would all know it. You would all know it. Why? Because it's a promise we grab a hold of. And yeah, I know that this was written to a prophet in the 8th century B.C. about the Jews, but it was recorded in our Bible so that we would know how God feels about us. So that we would understand how much He cares about us. And I love this picture here because it reminds me of my own children. It reminds me of the day 
June 9th, 1990, when my first child was born. And they handed her to me. We lived in Hialeah, Florida. It's a small city in Miami. And I remember I was holding her, and I was just blown away. All I could think of was God and love, and I couldn't even speak. I was like, oh, I was just, I was just in awe. And, and those of you who have had children, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You look at that baby, and I was like, I just love her, and I want to take care of her, and I want everything in her life to be great. And I want to protect her. That's how I felt about each one of my kids. And if I, who am evil and a sinner, felt that strongly, how much more must God love every one of His children? You see, that is how God felt about you when you were that big. I love this picture because I think it's how God sees us. And how He wants us to be secure and confident in His hands. I mean, if you can remember back to your earliest memories when we would sit in somebody's arms, our dad or our mom or our grandmother, and just feel safe and secure. Dad was Superman or mom was just all-powerful Wonder Woman. And we felt so secure. And it's how God wants us to be with Him. And every child born, He has hope for them. He has plans for them. Not to harm them, but to prosper them. And to give them a great future. Whether they're born in the Bronx, or born in California, or born in Africa, or born in Asia, or born in Europe, or born anywhere. He loves them. I love my daughter so much. You know, last September, I walked her down the aisle. And you know, the young man she married, he's a great disciple. First time he came up to me and asked me for her hand, I said, no. I said, you're not ready, bro. You need to get a better job and you need to grow some. Second time he came, I said, no, again. I said, not yet, brother. I want to see you solid in the faith. I want to see you getting help from people because you're going to lead my daughter to heaven. Third time he came to me, I said, yes. He was raised. See that smile on his face? Why was I so hard? Because this is my daughter. And I love her and I want her to have a great... I know I can't protect her from suffering. I know I can't make the road smooth. I know I can't keep away all the evil in the world. But I want her protected by Jesus. I want her walking with God. And that was what was concerning to me. And that is what's concerning to God about all of us. Because the way I feel about my daughter, multiply that by a million, and that's the way God feels about you. And everybody else on this planet. Could God really love that many people? Yes. I know I love all three of my kids. 
sometimes they can be difficult. So can we, right? There are days I thought about buying a one-way ticket to Mexico for one of my kids. I thought about calling immigration. I got one right here. Pick her up. I can say that. I've been deported three times. I can say that. No, I, 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 I would lay down my life for my kids. And Jesus did. He laid his life down for us. We cannot imagine how much God loves us. I like this picture because I think it's how God sees the world. In all our wonderful variety of colors and languages and cultures and backgrounds. And of course, I am confident that he absolutely loves it when a disciple prays because of the millions of prayers of desperation. Every once in a while, he hears a voice just praising him, just thanking him. But that doesn't mean he only loves us. And how much he must hurt for the lost ones. I know my daughter, three years ago, she walked away from the church. And it was an agonizing time. A year and a half ago, she was restored. And that was a tough time. Do you think I stopped loving her? Do you think I stopped caring because she was away? How much more must God care for all the lost ones? How much must He love us? Now, here's how I think we're supposed to look, but I think this is the reality. That picture right there of a little boy outraged the world. If you remember this, it was in all the newspapers. He was sitting in the back of an ambulance covered in dirt, dust, and his blood because of the sins of others. Because of the sins of the world. And I think it's how God sees us. And He cares deeply about us. You know, being, working with Hope Worldwide has shown me a side of the world. In one sense, I wish everyone could see. And in another sense, I wish nobody had to see. I wrote this down one night. I was on a plane, and this is what I wrote. Like a witness to a crime, I have to testify. And here is my deposition. I wrote it down one night on a plane flight home from Africa. It is ruthless and prejudiced. It hates everyone with life. It devours dignity and steals all self-worth. It wraps itself in violence, murder, and strife. It is the storm that never ends, the pain that will not cease. It kills confidence and hijacks the future. It leaves in its wake heartache, defeat, and despair. Everyone within reach, it rapes, abuses, and robs without a care. It turns color into gray and laughter into tears. It takes all your soul's nourishment and feeds all your fears. 
All that is good, it twists, it deforms, it mangles, pollutes, and corrupts. It enslaves, it deceives, offering freedom in dope, making addicts of children with no way to cope. Its name is poverty, but our name is hope. How does God feel about this? How does God feel about it when we hurt and when we suffer? And I know this, the suffering isn't just in Asia or Africa or Latin America, it's right here. It's in our homes. It's in our families. I read this the other day, I was reading, just reading through Exodus, and it hit me like nothing, like it's never hit me before. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. It tells us a lot about God. The first thing I stood out to me, he says, I have seen their misery. You see, God sees what's happening in our world. We're afraid sometimes and we think, how can people get away with that? They're not getting away with it. Because God sees what's happening. He sees it all. One of the things that's blown me away in so many places is, is, is in countries where you're walking down and there's children begging on the street and nobody sees them anymore. Because you're so used to it. And they become invisible. But they're not invisible to God. He sees them. When you're in your bedroom crying, He sees you. When you're sitting there and your heart is aching, He sees you. He knows. But He not only sees, He also hears. He said, I heard them crying. I hear them crying. I hear them moaning. I hear them praying. He hears what they're telling us. Sometimes Satan lies to us. He says, nobody hears you. Nobody cares about you. Nobody understands. Wrong. God cares. God sees and God hears. He's our God. He cares for us. And He says, I have come down to rescue them. The other thing I learned is God is a God of rescue. He's a God who rescues people. He's a God who doesn't just sit, but takes action. As should His people. He sees, He hears, and He comes. And you may wonder, well, when or how does He come? How does He, how does he rescue us? You know what He always does? He sends somebody. <laughs> in this case, He sent Moses. And in my case, 
he sent a guy named Jeff Chacon to reach out to me and love me and teach me the truth about Jesus. And he sent somebody to you too. Somebody loved you or you wouldn't be here this morning. And he might be sending you. In fact, let's just say he is sending you to somebody. To love somebody. When we're out there serving in these disasters, I remember I talked to this guy, his house was destroyed. And I asked him, I said, what does it mean to you? And he said, and this is what he said, I didn't script it. He said, it means hope. He said, because I'm by myself. My house was destroyed. How could I ever fix my situation? He said, a group of 25 of you people showed up at my door. And you cleaned up and fixed my house. He said, I have hope because of you guys. Why? Because of Jesus sending out us. And he brings us up. And he brings us out of the garbage. He brings us out of pain and suffering. This is our God that we just sang about. Our awesome God. This is who we are. We are the people that He sends now. He sent somebody to you, but now you are hope. Hope isn't some group of people somewhere off in another continent. Hope is you. Just like the old Superman. I mean the old Superman. When there were still telephone booths. He'd get in, he'd rip off his coat, and there'd be that S underneath. You remember that? If you remember that, I hate to say it, but you're old. If you remember that. That's okay, I'm old too. If we rip off our shirts underneath, we got Hope Worldwide underneath there. Shining out to everybody. I told everybody everywhere I go, I said, you know, remember on remember this on Judgment Day, wear your hope shirt. Wear your hope shirt. That's the fast pass. That's the easy pass right there. Oh, you're with hope? All right, come on. I want to close out with this thought. You are the light of the world. You are. Why? Because you are. Because Jesus said you are. A city on a hill can't be hidden. Neither does anybody light a lamp and put it under a bowl. No, they place it on a stand so it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine. So that people can see your good deeds and glorify our Father in Heaven. Your service, your sacrifice, your giving, your denying yourself, your forgiving each other, your being unified, no matter what background, no matter what language, no matter what race, no matter, no matter what you come from. Loving everybody from everywhere 
is a light to the world. Our world is struggling right now with anger and hatred. Be the light. Show them God. Show them God's love. Show them what it means to really love somebody. Because you are the light of the world. God bless you.